Hallelujah. <clears throat> How many of us the Lord is good? Hallelujah. And all the time, God is good. Hallelujah. Luke, the Gospel of Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 8 and 10. We started this series last week called Found, and we're going to pick back up with it today. Uh, and here's what he says beginning in verse 8. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which, was, which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Help me pray this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share your word today, God. We thank you for the worship that was here this morning, the anointing that we felt during the singing and the worshiping this morning, Father. I pray, God, as we deliver this word, God, that you would help us to preach it in truth and love and deed and demonstration of the Spirit. I pray, God, that you would anoint every ear to hear and every mind to understand and every heart to receive the word with joy today. I pray, God, that you would save the lost, heal the sick, set the captive free today, God. I pray, God, that you would challenge us and change us, Lord, during the message today, Father. God, inspire us to be better. Inspire us to do more, Father. We thank you. We praise you. We magnify you in Jesus' name and amen. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. A, a parable is, is, a, is a story that contains spiritual truths about the kingdom of God. A parable is a story that contains truths about the kingdom of God. Jesus taught in parables to teach us truths about the kingdom. And so when we begin reading chapter 15, as we talked about last week, but I just wanted to make sure that we were all focused on the same page, Jesus is sitting with the tax collectors and the sinners. And they all came near to Jesus to hear what Jesus was going to say. But then you got the church crowd. Uh-oh. The scribes and the Pharisees, and they're complaining about Jesus, and they're saying, look at this Jesus. He's sitting with the tax collectors, and, and the tax collectors were hated because most of them were thieves. <laughs> Jesus is sitting with the thieves and the sinners. Can you believe that Jesus is sitting with them? See, I believe that religious people always complain about what God is doing. I really think that a lot of religious people secretly hate God because they can't control what he does. Come on. Uh, I think I'm in the right place. <laughs> so, so, so religious people, though, they complain about Jesus, and they complain about what Jesus does. You try to change something in the church, and you'll see the religious people. Come on. God could thunder down from heaven. There'd be somebody who said, we can't do that. We ain't done that. We've never done that way before. I'm just telling you how it is. Here's what Jesus makes abundantly clear. Jesus makes abundantly clear that he came to seek and save the lost. It, naturally, Jesus is sitting with the sinners because that's his mission. That's what he came to do. He came to find lost people and to save them. His purpose is to save people. And, and I believe that churches who aren't seeking lost people out are in violation of Christ's purpose. So he's fulfilling his mission to seek and to save the lost. Christ gave his church a mission too. We, we went to this last week. 
but I'm giving out invite cards here in a minute, so I'll do it again this week. But he gave us a mission too. It's called the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And so the church has been given a mission. And we have been given a mission to win the lost. I told you this last week, statistically, every person in this room knows at least five people that's lost. Give your neighbor a high five this morning. Everybody knows five people that's lost. Everybody. And so maybe, maybe there's some people that you haven't thought of before. And so I, I made you a list again this week, the same list that we had last week, but I just want to help you out here. So here's some people that you may know that's lost. How about some family members? Yeah. How about some friends? What about your neighbors? Co-workers? Workout partner? Doctor? Your dentist? Your, uh, his office staff, his assistant, his nurses. What about the person that cuts your hair every week, your hairstylist? What about the parent of our children's friends? See, we, we have a workable pool of people that don't know Jesus. We have a workable pool of people who are unchurched, and our mission is to take Jesus to them. It is the commission that God has given us. And so here's what I want you to do. Give each other a high five again. I'm going to ask Justin to come up and help me this morning. We've already worked this all out this morning. And so what we want to do is we're getting ready to have our, at the movies, and Madison, you can go ahead and put that slide up. And so what we want to do is we want to, we created this event so that we can invite lost people to church to give them a reason to come because we're doing something different. I, I know other churches will talk about us. That's okay. Let the religious people talk. That's all right. I think we ought to do anything short of sin to win people to Jesus. I think we ought to be like Jude. Jude says, I'm going to pull them out of the fire. <laughs> and so we got to do some things a little bit different sometimes to win people to Jesus. And so if you're willing to invite one person to at the movies this week, I want you to come and get you an invite card. Don't go back to your seat. Stay up here. Come on. If you're willing to invite one person to church for at the movies this week, and all you got to do is just go give them this card and say, I want to invite you to church. Makes it real easy. And then just stay up here. Hallelujah. See, if, if each one reaches one, think about it. If everybody in this room reached one person for Jesus, we'd double in one week. You, you think about that. Everybody knows five. If we have 100 people, that's 500 people we can reach for Jesus. Amen. So here's what I want you to do. I just want you to hold your card up real high. 
and we're going to pray. I want you to help me to pray, and pray out loud, please. Father, we just come this morning, God, and we're asking you, Lord, to give us a boldness, God, to witness to somebody this week, to tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus, to take this invite card, God, of somebody that we know that's lost and without you, Lord, somebody, God, that is receptive to the gospel, Lord, to invite them to at the movies, God, and we're going to pray for them. Every We're going to pray for them, Father, and we're going to ask you, Lord, to win them to you, Lord. We're going to pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit on their heart, God, so that they would accept Jesus as Lord of their life. Father, help us, anoint us to do this, Father, and we'll give you the praise, we'll give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name, and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord today. Praise the Lord. Isn't the Lord good? We are commissioned to win people to Jesus. Commissioned. We are called to go out into the highways and the byways and compel the lost to to come in. Any means necessary, basically. We're, we're supposed to go out and tell them. We're supposed, to be, we're supposed to be a city on a hill that cannot be hid. When people look at us, they shouldn't see us. They should see the light of Christ. They should see the love of God. They should be able to pluck the fruit out of our life and taste and see that the Lord, He is good this morning. I'm telling you, I feel the anointing right now this morning. God wants us to win people to Him. Hallelujah. And so we all know people. So let's win them to Jesus. Amen? So, so last week, we'll jump back here. Last week, we talked about the, the, the parable of the one lost sheep. Remember, the shepherd leaves the 99, and he goes and gets the one. Now, this is Jesus' response to them making fun of him for sitting with sinners and thieves, tax collectors. And so he tells them this parable. Today, though, we're going to talk about the parable of the lost coin. See, when when Jesus started, he just didn't stop at the first one. He told a second parable and then a third parable. He's driving home home his point. And so so just to remind you, people are going to make fun of us. People make fun of Jesus. It's all right. Jesus said, if, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. That's all right. Look what it says in verse 8. It says, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? See, in Jesus' day, women, when they got married, were given ten silver coins as a wedding present. Each Each piece held sentimental value as well as monetary value. They were were valued. They had worth. So the loss of even one coin was upsetting. The 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 woman would have felt the, the loss very keenly or very sharply. She would have felt this loss. And she would have been willing to go to great lengths to find her coin. Her coin was of great value. You know what God's telling us here? You know what Jesus is teaching us? That he sees us as valued. I'm willing to go to great lengths to find you. I'm willing to go looking for you. I'm willing to 
sweep the house. I'm willing to come looking for you. And so Jesus is really teaching us that God sees each and every one of us in this room as valued. The scripture says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. (laughs) That we were made in secret. That we were woven together. God has placed value in each of us. So he uses the woman and the lost coin to teach us this lesson. So this is part of the teaching of the parable, and it's part of the teaching of the kingdom that God values everyone. And so I just want to put this out here. If you don't value people, you need to get saved. I just put it out there. You ain't making it. If you hate people, you ain't making it. If you think less of people, you're in trouble. Mm -mm. All preachers in the house today. So Jesus says this woman, what she would do is she would light a lamp. See, when we lose something in my house, I'm like CSI. I get the flashlight out. I turn all the lights off. (laughs) Stacey will say, what are you doing? I say, I can't find something. I'm looking for it. Why are you you using it? Because it it puts a spot on it. I can find it quicker. She'll drop some jewelry in the closet sometimes, and I'll turn the lights off, and I'll get the, I'll get the flashlight out, and I'm, I'm looking for that thing, and I'm digging around and going through the shoes and all that stuff that's in the closet because it's a value. And Jesus says this woman, she lights a lamp, and she sweeps her entire, she sweeps the house, and she searches carefully until she finds it. So Jesus, in this parable, in this parable, he goes into more detail of how God searches for the lost. Last week, he just said he leaves the 99 and goes after the one, but it doesn't give us a lot of detail. But now he's given us some detail. He's saying, listen, he turns on the light. He gets the broom out. He sweeps the house. He searches carefully. He looks in every nook and cranny. He looks under every cupboard, under the bed, under the dresser, he, under the night stand. He's looking for this coin. He's looking for you and I this morning. Jesus is looking for us. See, the coin, the coin would represent the unchurched. It would represent them that are lost. See, the silver is the color of redemption. Did you know that God loves to find lost coins to redeem them? God loves to find lost people so that he can redeem them so that they're no longer lost but they're found. Somebody needs to shout, I'm found this morning. If you've been found this morning, you need to shout that you've been found. How many redeemed people do we have here today? (laughs) Come on and shout if you're redeemed. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You need to shout this morning with the shout of triumph, with the voice of triumph today. Come on, shout one more time, I'm found. If you're online this morning, type in the, type in the comment section, I'm found. So this woman, she would light this lamp, and she would sweep her house and search until she finds the coin. Now think about this. You sweep your house, and, and, and you got all these piles of dust and dirt, and you're going to go through all of that to find that coin. There's no length that you won't go to get to the coin. A few weeks ago, we had a, we had a crisis in our house. <laughs> we got up one morning, and I'd gotten ready for work. I think we was going to work that day. I think I was work, I think it was a work day. 
Yeah, it was probably a Thursday because it happened on a Wednesday. We get up. Judah can't find his iPad. I mean, he is tore up from the floor up. I mean, he's, I mean, he's melting down. He's, he's in crisis mode. I mean, I thought we was going to have to slap him just to get him to... <laughs> I mean... <clears throat> He did pay for it himself, but it's a value to him. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Just hold on. Just hold on. We searched that house upside down. I mean, we looked, we looked everywhere. We, we talked to him. Well, when's the last time you had it? When's the last time you remember seeing it? And so, you know, we used to, we watched, used to watch this show called Criminal Minds, and one of the things they would do in Criminal Minds is they would tell the person to close their eyes and begin to, in their mind, begin to look back because you can remember more as you close your eyes. And so, I mean, we're sitting there, and we're going through this thing, and we're like criminal minds going through this thing, and, and, and we're like, well, he we had it when he got home last night, so it's got to be here somewhere. And, and what happened was we went to the neighbor, the dog was out, and we went to them, and it petted the dog and stuff, and, and, and we remembered him having it out there when we was petting Millie, but we couldn't find it anywhere. And I, and I go out to the car, I think I was taking my lunch out to the car, and, when I, and I'd already looked in my car once, but I came through the front door, out the front door, and looked. So I was putting my lunch out, and as I come out the garage, there in the front of my car, laid that iPad. Sat there all night, lost. You should have seen how excited we were. You should have seen how excited that that Judah was that we had that we had found his iPad. See, we gave that iPad all of our attention. Here's what you need to take out of that: God gives us all of His attention. God gives us his attention. God sent his son, Jesus, to seek and to save the lost. Look what the gospel of John says in chapter 1, verses 4, verses four through 9. In him was life, in who in Christ was, was life. And the life was the light of of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He says, This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but but was sent to bear witness of that light. That 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 was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. John was bearing witness that Jesus is the light. See, the woman would light a lamp to find her lost coin. God sent the light of the world to find us. When we get saved, we pass from darkness to light, from death to life. God sent the spotlight of heaven to come looking for us. That's how much value God places in your life. That's how much value God places in my life. I love this song. We've, we've sang it a few times here at the church. Most of you probably know this song. I promise I am not going to sing. There'll be nobody left. <clears throat> we sing this song called Reckless Love. It says, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless 
love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down coming after me. Can I tell you that Jesus comes after us? Hallelujah. I need some found people to shout, I'm found this morning. Hallelujah. Let let me give you a couple examples of Jesus coming looking for for us. Jesus went looking for Zacchaeus. You say, well, preacher, I know that story. He was the wee little man that climbed up in the tree. For the Lord he wanted to see. We used to sing that in Sunday school, right? Can, can Can I tell you that Jesus went looking for him? See, Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming by, and he was a man of little stature, and he did climb up in a tree, and he did want to see Jesus as he walked by, but there was no way that Zacchaeus could have known what tree to climb up in that Jesus would come by, but Jesus knew where Zacchaeus is at because the Bible says that he walked up to the tree, and he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down. Today, I'm going to your house. Today, Zacchaeus, salvation has come to your house. The Bible says that Zacchaeus received him joyfully. So I told you last week, the Hebrew form of joy is gil, and it means to leap or spin around with pleasure. Can you imagine, oh, Zacchaeus? I mean, the Bible says he comes down that tree with haste. In other words, he, he came flying out of that tree. I mean, he was sliding down that tree as fast as as, as he could slide down that tree. Can you see him as he's going to his house? He's probably leaping. He's jumping for joy because Jesus is coming to his house. I don't know about you, but the day I got saved, there was some joy set down in the depths of my soul, and I was leaping because Jesus came to my house. Hallelujah. joy came to Zacchaeus' house do you know what happened do you know what happened Jesus came looking for Zacchaeus the Bible says this Jesus had need to go to Samaria he actually traveled to the city of Sychar And in the city of Sychar, Jacob's well was there. Jacob was a trickster who operated in deceit. God would eventually change his name to Israel. Jesus goes to Jacob's well. Seems like a fitting place to meet a woman there who had five husbands and the one she was living with wasn't hers. Here at Jacob's well, Jesus meets a woman who is living in sin and who is worshiping a false god. Jesus told her she didn't know what she was worshiping. Right there at Jacob's well, that woman has an encounter with Jesus and is changed. She brought with her some water pots. The water pots represented her past. Because when she encounters Jesus and is changed, the Bible says she leaves her water pots. 
Some of us need to leave our past behind. Some of us need to forget what is behind us and reach to what is before us. She leaves her water pots and, and, and joy floods her heart and she begins to run throughout the city saying, come see a man that's told me everything that I've ever done. Come see a man. Come see this Jesus. She's running through the city and she's saying, come see a man. Come see Jesus. He's told me everything that I've ever done. He's changed my life. I've left my past behind. I've got a future. I've got a hope. Something has happened in me. And the whole city showed up. Joy floods her heart. She cries. Come see a man. She leaves her water parts. She runs through the city. Come see a man. Joy is the barometer that measures our relationship with God. No joy, no Jesus. No Jesus, no joy. Joy is not based on circumstance. Happiness is based on circumstance. Happiness is based on situations. Happiness is based on what's going on around us. Joy is based on salvation. It's based on if Jesus is living inside of our heart. That's why it's not based on what's going on out here. It's based on what's going on inside of here. And so we should have joy. And some of us have lost our joy because some of us have lost our first love. And we need to get back to our first love so that we can rediscover our joy. I'm telling you, joy is contagious. It's infectious. And if the church walked around with the joy that we're supposed to have because the Bible says that salvation is joy unspeakable and full of glory. If we walked around joyous, more people would want to come to the house of the Lord. Do you know what happened? Jesus came looking for this woman. He had need to go to Samaria. See, he will shine his light into the darkness until he finds us. I'm glad Jesus came looking for me. I'm, listen, I got saved when I was really young. I got saved, but like most people, you get in high school and college. You drift away from the Lord. You backslide. I'll never forget when God started dealing with me. Normally I'd lay my head down at night and say, Lord, I just want to wake up the next morning. I don't want to go to hell. I'd get ready to go down the road to do things I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing. I'd say, Lord, I don't want to die on the road. Get me back home safe. I'll never forget rolling over in the bed one night saying, Lord, come back into my life. I, I'm, telling, I'm so glad he came looking for me. I'm so glad he didn't give up on me. I'm so glad that even now, even though I fail him, and it seems like I fail him all the time, that he still hasn't given up on me, that he's still working on my life, that I am confident in this one thing, that he that has begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. I may not be where I'm supposed to be, but he's not done yet. You keep watching and he'll keep working and he'll get me there one day. Hallelujah. Are you glad Jesus came looking for you? 
I go ahead and shout it this morning, yes. Come on. Are you glad he came looking for you this morning? Remember what I told you last week? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. We are the joy every time somebody gets saved. That's the joy that was set before him. You need to slap your neighbor. Tell him, say, he's talking to you. Listen. Listen, tell him, say, you need to tell your neighbor, say, you need to listen. He's talking to you. It doesn't matter how dark your life is. Jesus isn't afraid of your darkness. He's the light of heaven. He's the light of the world. He's not afraid of how much, I don't care how much darkness is in your life. Jesus is not scared of the dark. He'll dispel the darkness. It doesn't matter how much your life stinks. Jesus won't let the stink stop you, stop him. I said, I may say that one again. I don't care how much your life stinks. Jesus won't let the stink stop him. You see, Jesus had a friend named Lazarus. And Lazarus was sick. And Jesus had said this sickness isn't unto death, but Lazarus died. But Jesus knew what he was talking about because he said this sickness is not unto death. And he knew that the Father was going to be glorified through this situation. And then one day, uh, he tells his disciples, we've got to go back to Bethany. And they're like, Lord, we don't want to go back to Bethany. They tried to kill you the last time we were there. They tried to stone you the last time we was there. And he said, well, Lazarus is sleeping. And they thought, well, that's a good thing. And Jesus said, no, you don't understand what I'm saying. Lazarus has died, and I've got to go to Bethany. And so Jesus comes to Bethany. Now, Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha. Martha hears that Jesus is coming. And she runs out to meet him. And she says to him, she says, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. He'd still be a living. I know that if you would have been here, you would have stopped this. I know if you would have been here, you would have healed him. I know, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. And, and Jesus was like, he'll live again. And she's like, well, I know he will in the great resurrection. He says, you don't understand. I am the resurrection and the life. And though he be dead... Yet shall he live, because I am resurrection, and I am life. And she goes and gets Mary. And Mary's weeping and crying, and she jumps up, and she runs out of the house, and all the people in the house, they think she's going to the graveyard, but she's really going to see Jesus. And she falls at the feet of Jesus. And she says, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus sees her weeping, and he sees the crowd weeping. And the Bible says that Jesus wept. I don't think Jesus was crying because they were crying. I don't think Jesus was crying because Lazarus was dead. I think Jesus was crying because he knew he was going to resurrect him, and he was going to have to call him out of paradise. Back into this old world. And he says, take me where you laid him. Take me where you buried him. And so they get there. And Jesus tells them to roll away the stone. And he groans in his spirit. And Martha comes up to him. And she says, Lord, by now, he stinks. He's been dead for four days. He's already starting to decay. 
He's already starting to rot. By now, he smells, Lord. And Jesus said, I told you, if you just believe, you'd see the glory of God today. And he groans in his spirit again. And when he groans in his spirit again, he says, Lord, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this so that they would know that you hear me. Aren't you glad that the Spirit makes groanings inside of us that can't be uttered, but the Father knows what He's saying and Jesus knows what He's saying? Jesus speaks with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. See, if Jesus would just said, come forth, everybody in the graveyard would have came out. He's resurrection. He's life. When the trump of God sounds and he shouts with the loud voice saying, come up hither, the graveyards are going to empty because his resurrection and his life. And he speaks to Lazarus and Lazarus is dead. You know, he's wrapped up in his grave clothes and he's dead and, and he's decaying and his body temperature, his core body temperature is extremely cold and he's laying there in this tomb. And when that dead body hears the voice of life, it comes to life all of a sudden. And the Bible says that they saw him that was dead come out of the grave still in his grave clothes and Jesus said loose him and set him free see Jesus wasn't worried about the stench in his life he was just worried about him see Jesus won't let the stink stop stop him so I don't care how much your life stinks Jesus will set you free one old preacher says he saves from the guttermost to the uttermost it doesn't matter how broken your life is. Jesus can heal the brokenhearted. He came to heal the broken. He said, I didn't come to the whole. The whole need not a physician. I come to the broken. I come to the sick. I come to the lost. I come to the wounded. That's who I came to. Actually, Jesus is anointed to heal the brokenhearted. When he pulls out the scroll in Luke chapter, I think it's Luke chapter 4, and he reads the scroll and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them that are captive, recovering of sight to the blind. He is anointed to heal the brokenhearted. He comes to heal. So it doesn't matter how broken you think your life is, God can mend it. He can put it back together. He can fix it better than it was before it got broken. He can put lives together. He's the best at it. There's no one like him that can put people's lives back together. My goodness. When I think about broken hearted, I think about King David. David's running. He's running with the enemies. Saul's after him, wanting to kill him. Israel's rejected him. Saul's rejected him. The enemies have rejected him. They send him back to his town of Ziglag. When he gets back to Ziglag, the city is burned. His wives, his children, the, his men's wives and children, they've all been taken captive. They've all been kidnapped. David's broken. He's hurting. He's wounded. He's rejected. Am I preaching to somebody today that maybe you're going through a season of rejection? You're going through a season of hurt. You're going through a season of being wounded. You're going through a season of being broken. I don't know 
who I'm preaching to, but there's somebody here this morning that needs to hear this. Uh, David is broken. His men, his men, they're talking about killing him and stoning him and taking him out. Uh, David is desperate. He's in a desperate situation. His despair is about ready to kick in. And then all of a sudden, David does something that no one expects. He begins to encourage himself in the Lord. Sometimes you got to be your biggest cheerleader. Sometimes you got to be like King David. I can hear him now. Wait a minute. I'm David. Oh, I feel the anointing. I'm David. I was anointed to be king. And if God anoints me, he's going to fulfill the promise. I'm David. I killed the bear. I killed the lion. I killed the giant. I'm David. I'm anointed. I can play the harp and the devils will flee the king. I'm David. God has called me. God has anointed me. And I'm not going anywhere until God says I'm going somewhere. I'm David. I've been called. I've been anointed. I've got purpose. I've got destiny in my life. Then he says, go get me the ephod, the priestly robe. And he put the priestly garment on. The word ephod actually means covering. And then he prays. And this is what he prays. Lord, shall I pursue this troop? And shall I overtake them? Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord responds back and says, pursue them. And you will surely overtake them. So David and his weary men head out after this troop and they come by a creek and half the men can't go. They're just too tired they're just too worn out. They come across an Egyptian that the enemy has left for dead. See, that's all the enemy wants to do. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to use you and abuse you and leave you for dead. But God will send somebody by to restore you, to pick you up, to feed you, to lift you up because God sees you as value. And David restored this man. And this man took him to where the Amalekites was at. And David went into battle. And the Bible says that he not only recovered all, but he took the spoils also because the proverb says, if the thief be found, he has to return dust. It's double for your trouble. Understand me today. God wants to restore your life and give you more than was taken away. My goodness. Mm -mm. My goodness. Can't leave this. Don't live in defeat. Don't think it's over because one door closed. God's going to open another door. And when God opens the door, no man can close it. And when God closes the door, no man can open it. God's got a door for you. He's got a way for you. He's got a path for you. He's got a place for you. He's not finished with you yet. I'm telling you, I'm not even on my notes right now. This is coming from the throne room of heaven that God wants to help somebody today. Praise the Lord. Jesus is looking for you. I'll never forget when I went through a broken season of my life. 
I'll never forget sitting in a church service, taking communion, and hearing the Holy Spirit speaking in my ear saying, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And I look up and there stands the pastor of that church, doesn't know me from Adam, and I don't know him from Adam. And he begins to declare a word over my life. And says, you're going to look back on this one day and you're going to laugh at this season. Can I tell somebody today, you're going to look back on this thing and you're going to laugh at this season. My goodness. Mm. The woman in this text, she lit her lamp. She swept her house and she searched until she found her coin. Look what verses 9 and 10 say. And when she found it, she called her, calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. When she finds her coin, she calls her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me. I have found the peace that I lost. Can you see her in her house this morning? Take your imagination. Can you see her in her house this morning? I can see her in her house this morning. I can see her leaping. I can see her jumping. I can see her twirling around saying, I have found my peace that was lost. I have found my coin that was lost. Can you see heaven this morning as one sinner comes to Jesus? All of heaven begins to twirl. All of heaven begins to spin. All of heaven begins to leap because one sinner has come home back to the fold, back to the house of God. She calls her friends, I have found my lost coin. Rejoice with me. Leap with me. Twirl with me. Dance with me. I love verse 10. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Angels are ministering spirits who serve at the pleasure of the King of Kings. Angels have never experienced salvation. They cannot sing the song of the redeemed. Yet, when one sinner comes home, there is joy in the presence of the angels. Can I tell you what I think this morning? Can I be a little transparent this morning? Joy is contagious. Joy is infectious. Joy floods heaven when a sinner comes home. I believe the celebration begins with Jesus because that is the joy that was set before him. As joy begins to spread all over heaven, heaven begins to celebrate. Joy floods heaven and the angels can feel it. They can sense it in the atmosphere. They can feel what's going on. And all of a sudden, they begin to rejoice with joy because they know that somebody's gotten saved. Somebody's gotten redeemed. Somebody's gotten their name written in the Lamb's book of life. Think about this for just a moment. The angels who have never experienced salvation celebrate salvation out of joy. My goodness. Joy not only floods heaven, but it should also flood our life too. 
Salvation is joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm going to close out with the lyrics to a song called Joy, the River is Rising. It says, I have hope that is my anchor. Oh, the wind and waves may rage, but his word keeps on holding me. I have peace beyond all measure. I have found a joy that will never fade away. I got joy down in my soul. I've got peace that won't let go. Like a river rising, I've got joy. I've got joy. I know mercy that has triumphed. And now I stand redeemed. His blood has washed me clean. I know the man who's conquered sorrows. He's the joy I found that will never fade away. Today, if you are found... You have joy. You have joy. I'm going to ask Joey to come back up this morning, and he's going to play the guitar. And, and maybe you're here this morning, and you don't have joy. You don't have joy deep down in your soul. God thought so much of you that he has you here in this service because he's looking for you. You thought you were here by accident. You're not. God's looking for you. And he's got you here this morning because he wants to flood your life with joy. And when joy floods your life, all of heaven is going to celebrate for joy I'm going to ask you to do a couple things this morning I'm going to ask that everyone uh, close their eyes and bow their head no one looking around I'm not going to come back and get anyone I'm not going to call anyone out I will acknowledge if a hand is raised and ask the church to pray for the person that raised their hand I don't want to embarrass anybody today but if you're here this morning and Jesus isn't in your life, and joy isn't in your soul, will you just raise your hand high enough for us to see it, hold it up long enough for us to acknowledge it, so we can ask the church to pray for the person that raised their hand. Is there anybody at all? There's an honest hand. Is there anybody else this morning that would raise their hand and say, Pastor, I'm lost without Jesus. Is there anybody else this morning there's another hand this morning. Is there anyone else this morning? I'm lost without Jesus. I, I don't have that joy, Pastor. I don't have that joy. Is there anybody else this morning that would raise their hand? If you raised your hand this morning and you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, we're going to give you a chance to come to the altar this morning and pray. We'll have someone meet you here and pray with you. If you raise your hand and you'd like to come to the altar and pray, will you come? Will you come? I promise Jesus is waiting. Joy is waiting. Glory is waiting. Will you come? You raised your hand. Will you come? Will you come this morning and say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Will you come? 
I'm going to ask everyone in the building to stand this morning. I recognize that people are bashful. That some people are, are a little more backwards than other people. I also realize that Jesus can save you no matter where you're at. Norm, if you'd come and pray with these ladies. I also realize that Jesus can come and save you wherever you're at. You could be driving in your car and he can save you. You could be laying in your bed at night and he can save you. You could be watching online this morning and he save you. So we're going to put a prayer on the screen this morning. If you would prefer to get saved at your seat and, or if you're online, if you'll pray this prayer with us, I promise God will save you right there, right where you're at this morning. Will you pray with me? Everybody pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I invite you into my heart to be the Lord of my life. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <coughs> if you prayed that prayer this morning and you gave your heart to Jesus, would you just raise your hand? There's an honest hand. There's two honest hands this morning. Anybody else, would you raise your hand this morning and say, Pastor, I gave it, I gave my life to Jesus. If you're online this morning and you got saved online, if you just put in the comment section, either YouTube or Facebook, I got saved. Our online team will reach out to you today. As we get ready to, to sign off of our online service today, we appreciate those that watched online this morning. Come on, give it up for our online family today. No one could ever comprehend Your word will be enough Your promise we will trust